are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. Cowboys are 2-0 and after two cupcakes. Um, not Kevin Durant cupcakes, Kyle. Joining me as always is Kyle Porter. What's up, dude? Still love KD. What you, would you think about well, the you're cupcake? One of the last ones. You're one of the last what, ones. What do you think about the cupcake shoes? The ones that were like velvet or whatever, or the ones that came out today where it has like hater, traitor written all on the bottom, and then it has like the record and his, his stats. No, the, the, the velvet ones. The actual cupcake shoes? Yeah. I thought they, they're actually kind of cool looking, actually. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, he's trying so hard to not be sensitive, but <laughs> that's, that's another case that he is. Did you hear his... his uh the the mailbag pod with uh, Simmons, I didn't I didn't listen. It's it's really good. Like he is. I know everybody hates him, and I I understand it. I understand why completely. But he is, uh, and and he's a little he's a little. Um, I think his, his skin gets a little thin sometimes. Like e- even those shoes, it's like uh, okay, but he's really smart and he really has interesting good takes on just straight up basketball stuff, you know, like the other stuff you're like, okay, whatever. But like, I don't know. He, I, I still think he's really fun to listen to. Yeah. I mean, I had listened to the ones with Simmons prior just cause he talked a lot about his decision and we had, gave a lot of insight we hadn't heard yet. So I kind of yeah. like felt obligated to like tweet out quotes and stuff. But I, I just can't stomach listening to Simmons just placate to him and <laughs> lob softballs at him and basically do PR work. Like, remember when, uh, like, every time something bad happens, like, either Chris Haynes or Bill Simmons will, like, cover for Kevin. Like, they're like, no, that's not really what happened. This is what happened. So I just who, – who Who's our KD on this podcast? Who do we just have on just to do PR work for them? Uh – like uh, like everybody, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so if you need any PR work, uh, just hit us up, email us, come on. The well, podcast. like the like for instance, like the ESPYS deal, like he has that, you know, Peyton drops the joke on him and he looks yeah. mad, and then like here comes Chris Haynes to the rescue. Well, sources say Kevin was in on it. Ha ha! You're you're you look dumb, not him. He was in on it. Who is Chris you know? Haynes, by the way? He covers the Warriors for ESPN and just uh, tweets. Okay. Just does PR work for the Warriors, essentially. <laughs> um, does anybody from Oklahoma State's team need any PR work after last Friday? Maybe Calvin Bundage? Yeah, Calvin needs some, some PR work. You and I <laughs> fundamentally disagree on this. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought it was an absolute joke that he got kicked out for that hit. Yeah, but and I, and I you, you I, don't so yeah. I thought it was uh, the argument, and and you made this on our post game, but the argument of the running back or yeah, it was a running back or was it a receiver? Whatever. The guy lowered his head basically to like waist level, and at that point, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, like, I think that, he I lowered think his shoulder to hit the guy, and then when the guy lowers his head, naturally helmets are going to touch each other. I think that's um, that's tough. But did you hear who who which of us Gundy sided with? No, it was me. He, he said, said he should have been kicked out. Yeah, I was talking to my dad about it. He said he listened to the post game and that 
Gundy said, you know, we try to tell him all the time to stop doing that. And he was like, uh, he said something along the lines of, I'm glad that, not that he was glad he got kicked out, but that he, he that it, he hoped it would like teach him a lesson, basically, that he, he has to stop just being, I mean, he did that all game. Like he had, he, had he did, he hits. does fly he does fly around with his head, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, and you can't like. I mean, you just can't do it. Like it's it, it, at some point it's going to come back and, and bite you, and it did. And whether you agree with the call or not, it was going to happen at some point. So hopefully he'll get that under control. Yeah, hopefully so. And I, I just I hate the the kicking out for a game or a half rule. Like they, yes, yeah. Like as Mike Gundy always says, you only get 12, 12 opportunities per year. You know. <laughs> What? And they're taking one away essentially that? for a hit that wasn't malicious. You know, he wasn't intending on hurt. He was trying to make a tackle. It wasn't like he was Vontez perfect out there, just cheap shotting everybody. Was that Gundy or was that the uh, Miracle, the head coach from Miracle? <laughs> well, you realize, you know what I'm referencing, right? Like Gundy, like his first yeah. like yeah. five six years, it like leaked. Like he said it so many times that the players like, just started saying it in quotes. He just ingrained it in their brains that we only get 12 chances per year you know yeah you got to be up for every game 12 opportunities of a lifetime <laughs> it's like uh, that, that was rem- kind of, that was kind of varsity blues there remember the titans in here um hey mike gundy's coaching them up now it is funny by the way to listen and it, you see it especially like in his quarterbacks like they start saying the same stuff Somebody, I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Rudolph or somebody else, but started calling guys by numbers. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, uh, 11 on the other side. He's pretty good, pretty fast. And you're like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> I thought that was Gundy's thing. It, it, it's funny to like see his uh, kind of persona uh, spill over onto to the rest of the team. I can't wait till Mason's saying that uh... – J.D. King never says a word. He's tw- 27, never says a word. We like to hand it off to him when, when Justice is out. That sounds like, like something he would say, though. When, when do, we, do you think we get uh, Mason on the podcast after the season? I would doubt is, it. Is he too big time for this? Well, he is, and I just he doesn't, that just doesn't seem like something he would do. Yeah. I don't think I he really not. likes doing media. Yeah. I never really got that sense from him. Uh, I overheard him at Big 12 Media. He's going... Like him and uh, I think I told this story on the podcast before, but him and James Washington walked out to like the big area where they were about to do their breakout sessions, and he, he kind of looked around for a minute, looked at his watch, and goes, "Hey James, let's 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 do something else for a minute. We don't have to do this for like five ten minutes. Let's let's go to some, do something else. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to, let's go to the bathroom or something." I don't I don't I don't blame him. Like I'm actually surprised when guys do want to do media because it's tiring. Um, just walking around and trying not to say something stupid. Like I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to be locked in and, and to mentally focus for that long. I, I get tired just asking questions, much less having to think about and process answers. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like it just cause I like to talk and I would love, I would probably like to say the wrong thing. I would be probably like, be, like, be like, I'd be uh, like Baker Gottlieb. Mayfield probably. You'd, you'd be like Gottlieb. Yeah. Like Gottlieb's probably a better comparison. When Eddie suspended him from talking to the media. <laughs> yeah. Um, made him made him run stairs like old Gallagher. Yeah, which wasn't that many stairs. Do you want to you want to get to our toast? Let's do it. Okay, it's time for the Coupel Works toast of the week. Coupel Works brewing great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. 
For your next watch party, tailgate, or get together with friends, enjoy cold coupe works, and please remember to drink responsibly. I still got a few leftover uh, F5 IPAs in my in my fridge that I've had for quite a while now. So uh, I enjoyed a few of those on Saturday night as I watched the uh, the full slate of games, and I'm actually going to toast. Just because I know how much it's going to antagonize everybody, and that's what I like to do sometimes, I'm going to toast Baker Mayfield because his performance in Columbus, say whatever you want about OU or about him or whatever, that performance put the Big 12 squarely back in the national spotlight and and really, Carson, put them back in the playoff conversation. It, It sounds stupid to say that in week three. But these are the narratives that gets that get formed in non-conference play. I mean, think about how long we were talking about the narrative of of Ohio State housing OU in Norman last year. We were talking about that in week fifteen, as 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 people started voting or uh, you know determining the college football playoff. And so this one will be talked about all year, and it benefits Oklahoma State. He was unbelievable, and furthermore, I love the flag plant. Come at me. Where, where are we at? Where are we at in society? It, it was, I, I, I don't know. We, we can talk about it. People uh, obviously and absolutely lost their minds about it. I thought it was great. He, he put, and I wrote this and I, I haven't published it and I don't, I'm probably not going to because it's a, it's a little bit strong, but he, he, he gave this season a soul. Like, you, you always look for these games that c- kind of give a soul to the season. And that's what he did. It pissed off Ohio state. Guess what? That's what it's supposed to do. And I just thought people just lost their minds about it. And it, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. I thought it was fun. And it's what to me, college football is supposed to be. I completely agree. If they show a montage of this season, that's like the capper clip. Boom! Like right before they cut to like whoever won the national title, right? It's yeah. it's it was a great moment. And the thing I hate is the holier than thou people who act like it's the worst thing they'd ever. It's not like he spiked this flag on Woody Hayes's grave, people. It's the fifty-yard <laughs> line. It's artificial turf. He didn't damage anything. Like I just I hate. And plus, Ohio State last year danced and jived all over the field. They had their Basic defense signs, which were mocking Austin Kendall, Baker's quarterback teammate. They didn't apologize for that. They celebrated their asses off in Norman, and they didn't apologize for it. But a, a flag is what, what sets, like, that's going too far. Like, faux planting a flag into artificial turf, is it, that's too far. But Ohio State mocking his teammate with their signs and stuff isn't. I, I just think that's ridiculous. How, how do you judge what's what's too far and what's not. They were celebrating. They, they beat it. Baker went on the road, beat a top two team for the first time in OU history since in like 54 years, played out of his mind. And yeah, and plus it's Baker freaking Mayfield. That's what he does. He celebrates. Like he celebrates during the game too and talks trash. I had no problem with it. I think this is a further reflection on the soft snowflake society that we live in nowadays. You can't even... You can't even celebrate and plant a plant a faux flag into a faux piece of turf. It's just a, it's nonsense. I thought the whole controversy was overblown. I hated that he apologized for it. It was a classy gesture yeah. on his part, but he didn't have to apologize for that. And I think most people who aren't sensitive or you know 
anti OU people would would agree. I, I thought the apology was actually kind of weak. It was like just own it. Like just do well, it. Well, it, it was it was it was weak in that he said he meant no disrespect by it. He absolutely meant disrespect yeah, by it. Yeah, like, like he absolutely just, meant to say stuff stuff at Ohio State. This is what you get. Yeah, and uh, and of course, like and, and this is this is the thing and I, and I wrote this and again, I, I'm probably not going to publish it. Maybe I should, but like we take we take these games so seriously and they turn into like these morality contests and it's like i i don't it, like you can't tell like how good or bad a a human being is based on what they do on a field like that's just such it it just is so like silly to me you know and and, and you know the 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 idea of other teams fans specifically Oklahoma State saying oh well our guys would never do that our team would never do that first of all I hope they would like it would be amazing. You know, Marcus Smart flipping on uh, on Allen Fieldhouse was was one of the best moments, probably the best moment of the Travis Ford era. And it was something that you talk about for a long time. And second of all, even if they did, like, why do you why do you care? Like, why do you get so worked up about like being classy and like honoring your not? I don't know, like you know, your, your parent, you need to make your parents proud of you. It's like plant the freaking flag. Like it's college football. <laughs> this is the, you only get, you know, you only get this for three, two or three or four years and then it's over. And like, I don't know, it's fun to me. And, and the fact that Ohio state's pissed about it, of course they are. They should be like, okay, schedule two more games, come back to Norman, plant the flag on their field. Like that's, that's what college football is. And I, I just I found the fallout of everything, specifically from Oklahoma State fans, to be kind of ludicrous and just I don't know. I, I just thought it was really silly. Yeah, I, I retweeted Ralph Russo, who works for the Associated Press. He just retweeted the video of Baker apologizing, just said, "Gosh, we take this stuff far too seriously." Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, I, the the other thing, Carson, I, I'm not done here. I got. <laughs> Go I'm ahead. I'm, uh, has there ever been a more OU quarterback than Baker Mayfield? No, absolutely no. not. And and you know what that means? It's great for OU because obviously he's he's a fantastic player. It's great for Oklahoma State too because you know what beating Landry Jones gets you. It's fine. It's great. You won the Big 12, but nobody cares about Landry Jones. You know what happens if you beat Baker Mayfield twice this year and win the Big 12? That's something you talk about for, you know, decades. Like, it, it, my point is it's a it's a bigger deal to beat somebody who wears these back-to-back undershirts and talks as much as Baker talks. That makes it fun for everybody. And he's he's an he's an actor. He's a performer. He's I think most of the time he's in on the joke. Like he he is he knows that you're watching him and he is saying and doing things while knowing that, knowing that you'll react. Like I and 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 the joke the joke in that is on us because we we react so just crazily to to all of it and uh I think it's entertainment. <laughs> I think it's fantastic and am I glad that OU looks like the best team in the country right now? No. But I thought it was a it was a fun college football moment on on Saturday night in the horseshoe. It was fun. And and yes, as you mentioned, we have to remember this is the same guy who wore a back-to-back Big 12 champion shirt before he had played Bedlam. 
He grew a handlebar mustache and told OSU there's a new sheriff in town. I forgot. And he, he, the guy grew a handlebar mustache like Pistol Pete. Like how how amazing is that? And I think the flag deal, like they do this in OU Texas. Like he did the exact same thing in OU Texas, and nobody cared because it's it's a rivalry game and it's a neutral site. But I mean, you start playing a team more than one one time per year, or one more than just once, like Ohio State with these kind of stakes, a top five matchup. That's every bit as heated as a, as a rivalry game. Yeah. So I, I look at it the exact same way, and I think most of the people that are just up in arms about this haven't competed a day in their life. Have you like <laughs> if you play at a high if you ever play at a high level with the stakes? Like I've never played at this level, but I've played some pretty high stakes sports in my life. And it's competitive. You talk trash, and the vic- to the victor go the spoils. You get to celebrate. And the the football field is the play is your playground. If you win, just look at any OU Texas game. Charlie Strong was getting thrown literally up in the air by his team. <laughs> he was wearing the gold hat. Like I'm sorry, I just it's 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 college football. You have the right to celebrate. And I thought I thought all the uh, people that were just up in arms about it were were silly. But we we probably talked enough about it. Yeah, yeah. I I just I don't know. Just to compare it, like the whole Rudolph comparison thing, really rubbed me the wrong way. It's like our quarterback oh. would never do that. Yeah, and it's like okay, well, it's like you don't know you don't know Mason from Adam. First of yeah. all, nor do I. Nor yeah, do first I. First of all, and second of all, if he did, like it would be awesome. Like who? Like so what? I I just. I, I don't know. We we can move on. I'm I need I need to move on. Yeah, I I said uh, I said they'd build a statue of Mason if uh, if he did that in, at Owen Field, and of course I got like he didn't do it in 2014. He was a true freshman. Like well, you think a was, true freshman's going to do that? He was literally unconscious after beating OU. So I <laughs> yeah. like he was out of his mind. Like he didn't even know where he was at. Of course he didn't plant a flag. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even know where the flags were. He, he had been redshirted until that point. Yeah. yeah, he didn't know where to go get a flag. Uh, so anyway, uh, do, I, so do I need who? You, what what beer are you toasting him? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with a. Uh, I guess an F five, yeah. I'll go. I'll go with an F five to 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 Baker for the performance. And, and and again, like it's all about the Big Twelve for me. Like Big Twelve is is relevant. And I, we said this last week. It flip. It can flip on one game, you know. And if Texas goes to USC and beats them, all the better, you know. Um, for for Oklahoma State specifically in a year when they can win uh win the conference, so. Uh, a good good weekend for the Big Twelve. My Gundy didn't see it. He was turtle hunting. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was a good weekend for his team kind of inadvertently. Yeah. I mean, it gives the big 12 a lot more legitimacy, um, going on the road and winning that game. Uh, my toast kind of goes along those lines. He was turtle hunting. You said, I want to toast blackjack the donkey (laughs) who I guess is mean. And that's why Mike Gundy likes him. I mean, Mike could not be, and I heard a really interesting point today. Uh, Adam Amin, who calls games with Dusty Dvorak, was on uh, The Animal today with Dusty. And they were talking about Mike Gundy. He brought up a very interesting point that, I mean, I guess we've we've talked about, but he said maybe this is the guy that Mike Gundy has always wanted to be. He just hasn't had, he has, he just, he's now so comfortable in his own skin and is so set at OSU that he can just be himself. Like maybe this is the guy that we always kind of, he always wanted to be, but thought he had to act a certain way as a head coach of a football team. Well, I mean, 
he's he's out here talking about turtle hunting and his his donkey named Blackjack. So, uh, what what kind of beer do we think Blackjack would like to drink, Kyle? Uh, he seems like a um, like a Saturday siren. Like you got to hit the hit the siren whenever whenever Blackjack <laughs> gets out of his pin. Yeah, I'm I'm all for the Saturday siren. So uh, By, that's what I'll, t- I'll toast that to Blackjack. <clears throat> By the way, what do you think the odds are that the name Blackjack stemmed from some sort of summer vacation story with uh, Todd Munkin and and Mike Gundy in in Las Vegas? See, I I think it's a reference to Barry Sanders, who wore number twenty one. Oh. I like that. That's what I think it is. That's good. Uh, I don't think Munkin would and Gundy would come back alive if they went to Vegas together. So no, I don't think that's what happened. They've been before together. Their family. Oh, they have? With their wives. Oh, okay. Yeah, loves his uh, family. With their with mothers of children? Yeah. Mother. <laughs> uh, uh, Todd Munkin did not get enough camera time on, on Hard Knocks. I was very upset about that. He, he was the offense coordinator, and you saw him for like, two seconds and the two seconds were gold. He was just dog cussing some receiver who didn't know the plays, <laughs> uh, from Florida state actually. And, uh, that was all we saw of him. So that was, that left me wanting more. That's great. Um, do you want to talk unis? Oh my gosh. Let's do, let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's university spirit. Your one stop cowboy shop on campus corner and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, we are in total agreement. I haven't gone back through all of the uh, combos that Oklahoma State's ever worn, but this one is in my top three, firmly, easily in my top three. And and you think it might be the best one ever? Yeah, it's easily top three. I would have to like uh, go through it with a fine tooth comb, uh, microscope maybe on uh, what could compete with this because it's. I mean, you you were in on black, white, orange early on 2011 when everyone hated it because Iowa State, and you ranked it number your number one of all time back then, in just a few years ago, and it kind of turned my eye to it. Like I didn't initially, I thought it looked awesome, but then when you kind of the way you kind of outlaid it, I thought I agreed. But man, with the the chrome face mask, the chrome badge, I said it, it's the most OSU looking uniform you can have because it has black, white, and orange, and I think the three best uh, accessories in those colors, the black helmet, the orange pants are just awesome. And the white jersey this year with the black numbers looks awesome too. So um, it, I thought it was flawless. And, you know, we, we nitpick uniforms all the time, but, man, that was as strong of a look as they've ever worn. And if you're flipping channels, I guarantee you, if you have no ties to OSU, you see you just get, get a glimpse of those uniforms, you're stopping to see who that is. You're like, wait, who, who's that? Yeah, it looked awesome. So I, I thought it was stunning. It looked great on TV, and it just I mean, job well done. I mean, it looked, it looked awesome. I think the only thing for me that might keep it from number one, I've still got the the 2011 Iowa State Uni number one. I think um, is I, I like the the previous numbers better. Just, I mean, with this with this combo specifically, the orange numbers versus the black numbers. Um, I just think, I think it goes better like with the pants. So this one's up there. And, and I, I think that 2011, that black helmet that apparently has been retired, I think that was 
overall a better helmet. I don't know. I don't know. That's up in the air for me. But I I think the orange numbers from 2011 put that one, keep that one narrowly ahead of this one. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. I think almost the orange numbers, in a way, make it look a little more imbalanced. I think I I think I almost like the black numbers better. I think it makes it flow a little better. I think. Okay. Let me. let me I don't know. This, some more photos this, here. This, this year's helmet is is pretty solid, just because the chrome face mask. I, this year's helmet might be better, so it might just be a numbers thing for me. I don't know. I, I think I, I, I think just the font of the numbers too. I, I think I like it. I think this year's the best uniform they've ever worn. To this point. Wow. Now, when they wear the updated black, black, orange, <laughs> that could that could sway me. If they bring back the brand. You know, I mean, is the brand dead, Kyle? I don't know. Is it just I think dead? It Should we have like a funeral for the brand on the podcast? <laughs> you want to pay any last respects to the brand? <laughs> do you have a uh, Do you have a uni runner up for me? By the way, if people haven't been listening, uh, we're not doing a uni Heisman because it is just every week Tyron Johnson wins it. So we're doing a a uni silver medal, if you will. So yeah, who, who's your uni silver sure. medal this week? Did you notice Tyron wears a clear visor? I mean, like I didn't even I didn't even notice that in my previous uh, Flickr account viewings. Yeah, Ty- Tyron can do no wrong. Like what what can't he do with his uniform? Like it's it's, it's insane. <laughs> uh, my my uni silver medal goes to Justin Phillips. Had a big uh, interception return for a touchdown. I'm a sucker, Kyle, for the dudes that wear like the one sleeve. Uh, especially when it's orange. He has an orange sleeve to go with the orange pants. I thought that looked great. Um, I like the non-traditional number for a linebacker. But uh, I thought he I thought he stood out, played well, and I thought he wore his uniform well. So I'll go I'll go Justin Phillips. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, I'm going Marcel Aitman. He he's always pretty solid. He he's the tall guys have an unfair advantage. The, like the tall like not like linemen, but like position guys. It just looks cool on them. Like short guys is it's okay, but if you're tall and you, you can kind of kind of rock it a little bit, uh, it's a little unfair. I like that he goes um, with the black like tights underneath. I think that's a pretty good look. Uh, and he also did the I think he did the uh, the eye black over the note like the full like face eye black like uh, like Tyrone did la- uh, last week. And and I like that as well, and and I like the number three for a for a receiver. So he he's uh, he's up there every week, but he he kind of stood out to me this week. I like it uh, when he goes long socks. It looks it looks better than like Jalen McCleskey going long socks. You're right. The tall guys have distinct advantage. Uh, I'm going to send you a. I just found a uh, high school uh, all American game photo of of uh, Tyron. So you might, you might you might need a few minutes after I send this to you. I'll text Uh-oh. it to you. Um, out of uh, out, out of the boot, Louisiana. Yeah, it was like the no Under Armour, the Under Armour All American game. It's oh it's, dear, uh, it's <laughs> it's loading up right now. I don't know if you. This seen is gonna it yet. this is gonna be like Chad the Chad Weiberg special, just Under Armour <laughs> logos everywhere. Uh, oh wh- wh- <laughs> Whoa. Like uniform Hall of Fame, forget the Heisman. 
Uni Hall of Fame? That was a few tattoos ago, too, apparently. Do we, do we need to go to a break? Should we go? Should we? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. okay. Just get uh, that guy the ball. <laughs> Lingering, lingering thoughts from from Friday night after uh, Oklahoma State uh, beat USA following Tulsa. I'm, I'm glad those I'm glad those games are out of the way. You know the the real season starts this week. The everything's been great. Like the statistics have been there. Um, they've done what they've needed to do. Mason Rudolph hasn't played a fourth quarter. The defense has actually looked good, even though they're playing not good teams. Um, I, I just I don't know what, what what are your kind of lingering thoughts after after the first two cupcakes? Well, I thought um, it was just weird seeing OSU play in that environment. First off, it was it was like an empty high school stadium essentially, even though it was being broadcast on ESPN. That was odd. Uh, I didn't like the way they ran the ball. Didn't run the ball nearly as well as they should against the South Alabama team. That was disappointing. But uh, I thought the defense was awesome again, Kyle. They've they've played as well as you can reasonably expect through two games. I don't care who they're playing. They've, they've, they've done really well and shown, shown uh, you know, what kind of talent they have on that side of the ball. And I, I know they're losing some guys to injury and, and obviously suspension for the first half and at linebacker. That's a huge concern. But uh, through two games, I thought the defense has more than held their own because we, we knew the offense was going to be good, but we didn't know what we were going to see from the defense. And I've loved what I've seen so far. What's been – the most exciting uh, specific unit on defense to you. This is our poll question on, on the blog today. Uh, and I'm, I was interested to see like what, what people thought between safeties, corners, defensive line and, and linebackers. Well, between Magruder and Bundage, I think they excite me more than the D line or or the secondary. I think the secondary is pretty much known commodities at this point, but seeing Bundage fly around like a, Heat-seeking missile has been fun until he got suspended for it. <laughs> and Magruder was really good in the, in the first game. It stinks he didn't make the trip. So that's that's a concern as far as his health. Doesn't sound – Mike Gundy, I guess, doesn't sound too optimistic he's going to return uh, next week. But we'll, we'll have to find out. But I, I think linebackers. Yeah. I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this. I, I, the defense – it's it's hard because it's, it's South Alabama, right? But the defensive line was – was awesome to me on on Friday. Um, I'm interested to see if they can repeat that against a Pitt or a TCU in the next couple weeks. But I, I don't know. They've got some. They've got some guys on on that uh, on that side. I I, I want to say linebackers, but also like those guys are hurt and suspended, and you know, like it, it's it's hard because you, you can't really be excited about guys who aren't playing. So I, I think I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going to go defensive line. Jarrell Owens looked like an all big 12 player. Your, your boy, Adam Wallen did a really good job of kind of laying out like just how good they were uh, on, on Friday. And, uh, and also like how you were right about the run game. Like it just, it wasn't great. And part of that was South Alabama kind of loading up and saying, beat us, here you go, Mason Rudolph and James Washington. Beat us with the pass. Let's see if you can do it. Uh, but part of it was Ju- Justice Hill and and, and uh, the offensive line not performing as well as they did against Tulsa. So I don't know if it's a concern. I think it's uh, maybe a, a a a bump in the road. Hopefully, uh, and and they'll return to form against Pitt. You mentioned Owens. I liked him and to Quentin Osborne and Darian Daniels. Those are. 
monsters. Those are three horse, three horses on the defensive line. So that, that's yeah. that's encouraging, and that speaks to the talent they recruited there. So, I really, what do you think I of really, Keandre? What do you think of Keandre? Sorry, go ahead. Well, I really like the three-man front that they run because I think you know in the past you're not able to do that because you just don't have the guys. But and and I don't know that they're totally there yet. But I like mixing it in. I, I think that's fun because you've got so much athleticism at linebacker and in the secondary that you can afford to uh, maybe not get as good of a pass rush a, a, as you would otherwise. DeAndre Woodsy? Um, your, your thoughts? The zone read was exciting. It's been since... <laughs> it's been since... Uh, you know, JWF ran it, but I was never like excited about it. It was just like, oh, well, this will get like four yards or like three and a half yards. Like I, I, I got ex- the, the way that I felt with him running it was kind of how I felt with Zach running it. Like you're like, Oh, he, he might, you know, he might break off like a 25 yarder here. Like it, I, I hadn't, I hadn't seen or felt that since Zach was, was the quarterback. Um, but I don't know, man, he, his, his footwork was uh, a little shaky and, and his throwing was, was not great. Um, I I, uh, I wrote this in my ten thoughts, but uh, I knocked on every door, chair, and tree in the D- DFW Metroplex about Mason Rudolph getting getting injured <laughs> because they are uh, they're in some trouble if that happens. It didn't look good. Uh, I was kind of surprised Kyle Boone wrote a glowing report on the blog today about it. I I didn't think would he look good at all, but I I do think. You know, if if Mason, if you're knocking on every tree door or whatever, and Dallas didn't work, does doesn't Woodsy have more talent than Cornelius? And therefore, I think you gotta you gotta just go with him. Uh, that's kind of the, the reason I supported the decision. I I guess Cornelius was hurt is is why Woodsy went in. But if you're gonna have to play five six games without him, wouldn't don't you go with the more the guy you can, you know, run the ball with and, you know, do some things, kind of scheme a little more in Wood Tee than – I mean, you and I have liked Cornelius. He's played pretty well in spot duty, but do we think he can win games? I, I'm not – I don't know. So I – Well, I don't, I don't think I don't, you – I don't know would, where you stand on it, but – Yeah, I, I don't think you totally know what you have with either, right? Because they haven't played in, like, real legitimate games. And so I, I don't um, – I don't know. I don't know who you roll out there because for all we know, I mean, and this is the thing, like all of a sudden we're going back to trusting Mike Gundy's like quarterback decisions, you know, like you saw um, Rudolph at Baylor his freshman year. Gundy was like, yeah, he was terrible in practice. Okay. Well maybe he was, but he was pretty awesome in those last three games. Maybe you have that with one of these guys. I have no idea. Uh, I, I, I think that coming into college, certainly Wood T's ceiling was higher, but that might not, that might not be the case anymore. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe. Uh, I mean, Cornelius's destiny is to like be starting for A and M in two years, isn't it? That's where all the that's where all the uh, backup <laughs> or Indiana are, or Indiana Oklahoma State or the like, Big Ten, like four former starting quarterbacks starting at different schools at one point. I I don't know, but um. Yeah, I, I could go either way. I could be talked into either one of those guys playing if if Rudolph were to go down. Yeah, I just I think there's this this tendency for people to go, oh, Cornelius would do awesome. Like we don't know on either. And yeah, I hate to judge Woodty on, you know, 
three or four bad throws or whatever it was, but he didn't look good. So yeah. as long as Mason stays healthy, he'll be fine. Uh, do you know who the leading rusher is for Oklahoma State right now? J.D. King? Uh, they are tied. Him and him and Justice Hill are tied with 159 yards. I did not see that being the case coming into the season. No. I mean, we knew King would play, certainly, but especially after week one, how good Justice looked. I, I thought it was interesting how you said that Justice didn't look as as springy as he did yeah. the first week, and I, I agree. He didn't look like he had the same... It was weird. I don't know. It, yeah, it's... You know when you saw it, right? It's hard to yeah. kind of describe, um, but that was weird. Yeah, it was. Um, okay, we got a couple more things to wrap up, uh, but first let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. Um, what else do we need to cover from from the weekend? Well, I was in Columbus for the OU game. That was fun. Um, it, looked, it looked awesome. I mean, I, it's t- tell me this because um, I went to I went to Florida for a Florida Vanderbilt game when I was just out of college, and I can objectively say that the tailgating, the pregame scene at Florida was not even close to what it is at Oklahoma State. What, what Set the scene for me pregame, um, just being around campus at, at Ohio State on Saturday. Well, first, the campus is just massive. I mean, there's 50,000 undergrad students that go to school there. Just It's insane just how big the campus is. Uh, we drove by a few like just house parties, college students that were just something out of Animal House. Um, every single person is wearing a jersey. Man, woman, child, everybody. I guess that's like a Big Ten thing. Everyone wears jerseys. So they're wearing Andy, like... Andy Katzenmoyer? A lot of Katzenmoyer, a lot of Zeke Elliott jerseys, a lot of Braxton Millers, and then mm. obviously the current players as well. Uh, that stood out. But as far as like the tailgating scene, it was just fine. It was nothing out of the ordinary. I didn't think it held a candle to Georgia. Like you and I both went to, mm. you went to the Georgia game, didn't you? Yeah. Oklahoma State? Yeah. Like that was... That was top notch, and and OSU really does have a underrated like tailgating scene. Like yep. the people with like the trailer smokers. Like I didn't see hardly any barbecue going on at Ohio State. Like sad. I mean, the game itself was incredible. Like that stadium is on the bucket list of college football stadiums for sure. There's 109,000 people there, and the stadium itself hasn't really been renovated at all. Like it's like the old bleachers that were there for like 70 years. <laughs> So while that probably stinks for the fans, it's cool for me when I walked out on the field to look around. It it felt like I was going back in time. It felt like an yeah. old coliseum, essentially. Like even like the rock wall of the original stadium, still the old rock wall and like the cathedral entrance that it has is it just it looks like a it looks like you're going over to like Europe to see some cathedral from like the 1700s. Is what it looks like. It's really cool. 
And uh, yeah, obviously it was loud awesome. as hell, but it, it was, sounded it, was a lot it of sounded fun. so loud. It was loud on, t- I mean, on TV. I, it was unbelievable. It was loud. I mean, hundred nine thousand for a game of that magnitude. You know, they don't. You know, Ohio State doesn't get games like that very often, as far as non conference games go. Yeah, you know, yeah, no well, big nobody, schools want to go play does, at Ohio right? State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what What was your other than the flag plant? What's the What's your takeaway? Like, what was the moment that you'll remember just from being there and 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 coming back? Oh, let's see. The moment. I mean, um, just the sheer. I mean, I actually, I posted a clip of the throw. I mean, it's the throw I'll never forget that, that Baker had where he was scrambling to his right after knocking off like three tacklers and threw it like off one foot while running a full sprint just over the outstretched hand of an Ohio State player. Just It was one of the most unbelievable throws I've ever seen him in person. And just, just how good he was. It's still odd to me how good Baker Mayfield is. Like when he transferred from Texas Tech, I was like, yeah, he's he's okay, but he makes a lot of mistakes. Like, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll do much at OU. And now he's like, probably the best quarterback in school history, and one of the front runners for the Heisman. He's he's unbelievable, and it's just he's like oh, she's gonna have their hands full with that guy. Just tackling him alone is hard to do, and he, he has an unbelievable arm too. So, it, and it more really, than that, just Lincoln Lincoln Riley's play calling is absurd. Yeah, like he was, you talk about being three steps ahead of people. He was awesome. Uh, what do you think about Stoops being there? In his uh, club attire, <laughs> so he's ready to go clubbing. I mean, uh, I thought it was fine. I didn't really have a take on it. I mean, he's watching his old team. It was his birthday, you know. He yeah. played Muirfield like the, the day before. So, mm. did you play with him? No, I was. I was not invited. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was him and him and Dino probably. Uh better well this is an unfair question because obviously it's baker but i was gonna ask who's had a better heisman campaign start what do you what do you think about mason rudolph's heisman campaign start to the year oh he's done everything he has to do right he's played perfectly through yeah i guess the tulsa turnover was bad but i mean other than that he's played unbelievably perfect (laughs) so i think he's you know he's in the top five of the heisman on espn still so i think he's done all he can through two cupcake games really I think Mason Rudolph can win the Heisman, like legitimately, not like, oh, we're going to have a Heisman campaign for him. Like, I think he can legitimately like hold the Heisman trophy in December and not because he's oh, like I, over, over at Baker Mayfield's house. <laughs> no, I mean, of course he can. I mean, OSU's a top 10 team. He's going to put up just ungodly numbers. And I think you're seeing now, Kyle, with the receiving core, there's only one person to vote for as far as Heisman goes. Because look at look at the line from Saturday. I think they had seven guys have double digit yards receiving. So it's just it's so well spread out to where all the focus is going to be on uh, Rudolph. Of course, Washington's going to have those games where you're like Blitnikoff. Of course, he'll have 200 yard games. But uh, you know, unlike the Whedon to Blackman thing, and I don't think I don't think Blackman stole many votes from Whedon, but. This year, it's going to be solely focused on Rudolph. So, Yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, okay, we'll be back later in the week, Thursday, actually. We're going to do a, uh, a Facebook Live um, taping of this podcast. Uh, so we'll turn it into a podcast as well. But we'll be taking uh, question, mailbag questions live and kind of discussing them on air. We've had 
Uh, we've had a lot of fun with that so far. We've done it after um, after games. We did it last week with the mailbag, so it should be uh, should be fun again. But if you if you can't watch that live, we'll turn it into a pod, and and you guys will have it uh, hopefully by Thursday afternoon. Mailbag bag year, bag year, yeah, mailbag year, <laughs> bag year, badge year. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, Carson, uh, enjoy your day off, and we will talk to you later in the week. Sounds good. See ya.